Hey folks, my name is Donovan James. I'm hosting a podcast called The Endless In Between, based off my book of the same name. While I was reflecting upon the themes and stories, I wondered how they would intersect with the artists, creatives, and healers that I've admired for so long. Listen as I explore their experiences and everything in between. I hope you enjoy. Hey everyone, uh, my name is Jonathan James. Um, and I'm here with my lovely friends. Um, it's about to be a year that I wrote a book that I really am in love with. Um, and I wanted to just have like a fun discussion about it. And I think like I didn't want to have like have it be like an interview. I just wanted it to be with people that like know me and have seen me in different parts of my life um, and care about me and value me and that are also like queer as fuck. And um, <laughs> I am so happy that my friends are here um, and I'll let them say hi and like introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Cody. I'm Nathaniel. <laughs> Thank you all so much for doing this. Um, so essentially, my book is broken up into sections. And I guess I can talk about a little bit why I chose to do that. So um, this is my second book. Um, I have another book called A Dream Catcher Boy, which was my first one. And that one I started maybe like in 2010, 2011, and I finished it in like uh, early 2017. And it's basically just essentially my journal or like my diary of things that I had gone through. And I'm very like proud of it. I'm very happy about it. Um, I did it as like an independent author because I was just at a point where like I didn't want anyone to like own my narrative or own my story and just trying to get something published with like a house is really hard so I was just like you know what I know there has to be a way to do this and I did it and I learned a lot um and then through that I wanted to make my second book um and I think through that it was more structured and it was more um it had more of a theme um I'm currently also in school um I want to be a therapist so I thought a lot about uh the concept of loss and what that means um and like how people go through that and then how they come out on the other side. So I kind of broke it up into sections called loss and then the other section is called 
Green, and it kind of is just a story of a relationship that I was in, um, also a story of like friendship that kind of ended, and also just like how I'm navigating the world as like a Black queer femme person. Um, and I think that's like really important, especially now in the world that we're in, especially the past four years. Um, so how we'll go through tonight is my friends will like lead me through, lead me and you and us and them through um, kind of some chapters, ask questions, and we'll just have like a discussion about it. So Nate, if you want to start. All right, I'm going to start with a poem from the Lost section called Wonderful Life. All right, okay. Wonderful Life. I wonder what it'd be like if you called my phone, said my name, the sweet word ever to have left your lips. I wonder what it'd be like if you held me in your arms at night. You put me first before your boys, be your nights after work. When my head lies on your arm, you tell me you're tired. Like from sitting under a beautiful summer day, warmth hasn't left your body. You want me to feel what you're feeling. You share your feelings for me like you've got nothing to hide, like you've worked through emotional, emotionless bullshit placed upon the shoulders of men. By the time we can speak, freedom of expression is still within our grasp. I wonder what it'd be like if you weren't grieving for yourself, losing your identity from a man, stripped you of your autonomy, your name, called you his. You were giving a mile for every half step he took. You gave him devotion, he gave you pain called that love. You wanting to believe in him by extension, you're believing in yourself again. You're remembering your truth, the name you went by before you, he called you mine. You were only his half-heartedly in the end. I wonder what it'd be like if you weren't grieving for him, had never spoken his name on our date at that no-frills bar. Look of hurt on your face, took you back in the past, not present with me. I know I never stood a chance, ignored the red flags, said cheers to you instead, drank to your woes, swallowed down the pain of my own past loves. I wonder what it'd be like if you told me you didn't like me, all those nights we lay tangled in those sheets. In, uh, all those nights we lay tangled in white sheets, time was fleeting, never on our side. I designed plans of the future every time your lips met mine. I wonder what it'd be like if you took accountability, hurt me by saying goodbye. I imagine my ego swollen, bruised, couldn't compare to this thing I felt with your apathy, words left unspoken. I wonder what it'd be like not to feel you. I wonder when the day will come I no longer daydream of you. I wonder what that would feel like. I wonder. Yes. I love that poem. <laughs> um, what about it did you like? Okay, so yeah, the part, the reason why I like this poem so much is I feel like it does a, a beautiful job of illustrating sort of, because like in a perfect world, when we're all entering relationships or friendships or anything like that, we would all be blank slates and really just ready for anything and really like open and open to receive, open to give and all these things. But I think this poem did a beautiful job of showing, especially when, you know, you're in your mid-20s or older, it's, it, it gets to a point where everyone enters the situation on different pages and 
some people enter with baggage or they're not over certain things and different levels of seriousness. And also I think it, it does a nice paint job of painting, you know, both things that have been done to them, but also things that society has done to people. So, you know, the line about sort of somebody having working, have sort of having had worked through toxic masculinity and not being able to talk about their feelings. And then, so, you know, the, the person you're talking about is entering the situation with some baggage. You also talk about some of your past loves that you've thought about, and then we're talking about society. So I think it does just a really nice job of encapsulating all the different permutations of factors that, that are, that come into play when, when a new relationship comes and like new relationships aren't always fresh because no one enters as a blank slate. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And, um, that's really like how in hindsight, like I, I, of course everything, especially with relationships when they end, we see everything more clearly, but I felt like, oh wow, like even the work that I had done to like be in a place where I wanted a relationship, like how I say that, like he was talking about his ex and I was just like, okay, like, because I think, I think at some point that that does come up for people and I understood that. And then I, but I think it was like the way that he uh, was talking about him, right? And I think it's the way that we talk about like our exes or like um, that, like I just heard the loss that wasn't past where for me, like I was in a place where I had moved past it and things and it felt like he wasn't there. And you know, like I feel like I betrayed myself a little because I, I saw the red flag and I went in anyway. Um, so yeah, thank you for reading that and sharing your thoughts on that. It's very relatable. We all go through it. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna read um, still from the last section, um, a poem called The Beautiful Struggle. Um, I'll read it and then I'll explain a little bit more about it. Um, so guys, why can't I get up one day, two days in, into three, some days non-resilient, merely surviving. My, my bed is an island, safe, comfortable until I am not. Anxieties taunt me make me feel ashamed, stupid, hopeless, helpless. Everything, nothing, I have it all under control, but I don't. Dreaming a point B. Re reality plateaued at a point, a threat of poverty, racism, homophobia, sewn into the fabric, of this country. Boot shop snap, fog 
disappears. Step outside, breathe in, breathe out, despair, hope, science, faith, the, the beautiful struggle. Um, this is really inspired by my time living in Baltimore. I was working at a youth center and you know the the youth center really uh focused on homeless youth and that was a, something i've never experienced um i'm homeless homelessness before and our uh societal perceptions of what homelessness looks like is not the reality that i saw and the reality that probably is out there for youth, adults, you know, um, that we think that they're lazy, that they don't want um, to try and help themselves. But I saw in these youth, like every single day, um, this motivation to try to work, to get their GED if they didn't have their GED, to um, get a starting job, to get these things in order that for so many people um, don't have to think twice about because they come from circumstances where they're able to do that. Um, and like for myself too, I count myself as one of those people. Um, and I also saw in their motivation and in their uh, dreams and inspirations how uh, how there are systems that are put in a place to stop them. Um, you know, like trying to get an ID when they didn't have other documents. So if you don't have an ID, then you can't get the job. Uh, yeah. Like all these things that really stopped them from being able to do the things that they wanted to do. Um, and not even just what they wanted to do, but just to like live a live a full life like get food get all that stuff um it really like transformed me um and i think with the poem with that too i saw a lot of folks um that had mental health issues and i think working in that space also forced me to like recognize my own that i had suppressed a lot in college um, you know, because I was going to school, I was working, I was doing all these things to, like, just make the thoughts, like, just kind of stop, um, and then once I was just working, you know, like, what do you do? You go home and you, like, think about your life, and I also just moved to a city where I didn't really know anyone, so you don't, like, all you have is time to think, and, uh, like my anxiety and my depression, like I knew that stuff had always been there, but it was more prevalent in Baltimore and like how it would like really be hard for me to sometimes to wake up and go to work. Um, and I think being in colder areas of the country, I, I had grown up in Southern California, so I didn't know what that really was what cold or any type of actual season was until I moved away. So feeling that way um, on top of 
seasonal changes is really something um, for me. And it still affects me um, living where I am now in Chicago. Like when winter comes, it's really hard for me um, to find the motivation. I can't go outside, right? Um, most people do. Um, they they find ways to do things, but I'm just like, no, too cold type of situation. Um, but yeah, I was also inspired by my own adult struggles. Uh, and like I said, like the racism, the homophobia, and um, and I think like the threat of poverty line too, like especially now in our world, like we're all right on that threshold. Oh, like a lot of us are. Um, and like how that could have been prevented <laughs> if we didn't have all these structures, at least in my opinion. Um, so yeah, uh, but I think through all of that, through all of that stuff, just the resilience of people, the beauty that people do in their lives with their friendships, with uh, their loves, with all that stuff, like through through all that, people are still able to like find moments of joy and love in their lives. And I think that's what I was trying to convey in this. Absolutely. I love that. I'm here for it. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, we did a really nice job of talking about mental health and also, like you said, the systems that are in place that, that you have to deal with every day. And then I especially like the line bootstrap, snap, fog disappears. It's like once you sort of realize that the sort of pull yourself up by the bootstraps mentality is like a lie then the fog sort of disappears and you have a better view of things and the systems that are in place that, that are not always set up to help people succeed. Yeah. That almost like helps one have a clearer view of the world. Yeah. Which sometimes I think like, is that better? Like, so like, so like sometimes I think about it cause I'm like, I think of myself in like 2011, like nine years ago where like I was not, this um conscious people say woke like I wasn't really like that and I think about it sometimes I was like was I really like happier then I think sometimes I think it would be easy for me to say yes because I didn't know what I know now right mm-hmm. um but also like knowledge is power so the things that I know now like no one can take that away from me and especially understanding like my experiences like people can say whatever they want like but like people aren't me um so yeah i just i think about that sometimes right and also knowing more things you can you can put a name to things and pinpoint certain things that maybe you felt in the past but couldn't put a name to Exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, cool. So I think we will go ahead and go forward to gain. Um, so this part of the book, I really wanted to 
talk about people in my life or experiences in my life that brought me joy. Um, I think in a way, the second half is really me just hyping myself up, like regardless <laughs> if I felt that way in the moment or not. And I th- I've been thinking about it a lot over the past couple of weeks of just how like sometimes it's like, oh, am I like a fraud for saying things in here and not always living up to those things? And I'm just like, well, no, because I'm like a human. So even just reminding myself of that, like when I wrote these things, like I obviously really needed them and understanding that like other people may need to read uh, things that uplift them because it's hard sometimes to like uplift ourselves. Um, but yeah, that's why, uh, that's kind of what I kind of wanted to focus in on with gain. So if Cody, if you want to take it away. Absolutely. Um, so I read through the entire section of that, you know, to get prepared for this. And I definitely did notice that, you know, that change in the theme that it was definitely, um, encouraging to read it, um. And a lot of it I was able to relate to. So I was like, yes, you know, like, absolutely. Um, But I chose um, 27th Street and Confession in particular that I would like to talk about with you. Um, Did you want me to go ahead and read 27th Street? Yes, please. I bolted upright, darkness surrounding me, tears streaming down my face. Overcome, overwhelmed by the love that surrounded me those past few days, I stepped outside into the early morning, hearing nothing but the chirping of birds. I walked through the streets I had memorized so well, empty as my boots clicked and clacked. Tears came to my eyes as I cried for the success and triumphs of my friends, the love they found with another human being. I say how much things had changed. Friends and I both were dealing with the loss of one another. We all were once in close proximity, now thousands of miles away. I thought of how wonderful it was yesterday to speak my truth to those that know me and those who heard my story for the first time. I was reclaiming who I was and letting go of who I'm not. I saw pride in their faces. I was influenced by every person in that lavender library. I walked down 27th Street, past my old house. I took in the scenery and the people as I sat at a cafe. Where there were tears, I now wore a smile. Where there was tension, I now found release. I was full of joy. I felt loved and seen. I had returned home. I love it. I love it. So what I wanted to ask you about, um, so I had never heard of the Lavender Library. Um, So I looked it up and um, I was really surprised. Like it it was really cool that, you know, that there's a nonprofit library that specifically um, collects, catalogs, you know, things from queer artists and so forth. Um, So I wanted to ask you, what was your time in the Lavender Library like and how did it influence your journey as a writer? Yeah, so it was actually just being completely transparent it was really a brief uh time for me so uh someone that i worked with um who was my supervisor um 
at the place I was working with. Um, he actually was a volunteer at the Lavender Library. So I knew of it. I knew all the cool stuff that him and a bunch of awesome volunteers were like doing there. Um, when was it? I believe it was one of my birthdays. <laughs> I always try to do something fun for my birthday. So everything kind of like mixes up. It might have been my 26th. 27th birthday but I really wanted to go back to Sacramento because one of my best friends um, is still out there um, and he uh, and he was recently and still is um, but at the time it was a new relationship so I wanted to meet uh, his partner um, and just like reconnect with like other people out there um, and uh, I had released my first book and I had asked my now ex-supervisor if by chance I could do a, a um, reading at the library and uh, he was like, yeah, of course. So like they did all the promotion for me, which I'm so thankful for. They did all that stuff. Um, and I think that was probably I think that was my first time being in that space and it was really cool um being able to like chat with people I like looked around like they really have different books different types of books uh from memoirs to nonfiction to fiction um and also just like a bunch of like archival things which I think is really cool and really necessary because like throughout history much of our queer history has been erased. So I think even just like um, being conscious of like, oh, like just a queer history in like the Sacramento area alone um, and wanting to like show that to queer people of all ages, I think is really cool. Um, so yeah, I had a reading there. I saw so many people that I like really loved from school. I saw someone that I used to go to church with that randomly uh, showed up. I didn't even know that she lived in the area. So that was really cool. Um, it was, and then in specifics with that poem, I think I wrote it like after that weekend that I was there because I literally, I like woke up um, in my friend's apartment and I really was just so thankful and grateful to be around them, to see them. And it, it must have been like six in the morning and I just like left this apartment and like walked around and like just really appreciating everything that it was. Um, that Sacramento was to me. Um, it was really like a formative time in my life. So I'm just really thankful that I was there. I'm thankful um, for the Lavender Library for having me and continuing to do awesome things. I think in 2018, they celebrated their 20th anniversary. So, I mean, I think that's really cool that they're still doing really awesome stuff. Yeah, that's fabulous. And what an honor to be able to do your reading there, too. Yeah. 
it, I felt like it really was. Yeah. Uh, so in conjunction with what Cody uh, had mentioned earlier, I'm going to read Confession. Which, by the way, I have actually put this on Instagram like maybe a couple years ago. And I remember one of my exes liked it. And I was like, okay, like I have to add this now. Because <laughs> I was just like, oh, like, yeah. I was just like, okay, well, if someone that I thought hate, hate, hated, hated me <laughs> likes this, then the people that actually like me will probably enjoy this too. <laughs> um, so it's called Confession. I have a confession. I, I'm alone. No, no, I'm not lonely, just alone. I'm past the right one is out there. And one day, the sentiments are lovely, but they're fixated on the assumption that I'm looking or even that my purpose until that, until that one day is to keep waiting. I'm patient but I don't wait for any man. I see dating as two categories, success or failure. There are some people in the past I shouldn't have been with, and it was a fail, but this success is I've learned what I want in a relationship and what I won't stand for. I've been on successful dates, great conversation, but he may just not have been right for me. What did I do wrong? Most people would ask themselves, and my answer is you did everything right. If you were enjoying yourself and being true to who you are. I found truth in both by being alone. I love going to the movies by myself. There's no hoping that the other person is enjoying it. And I get to keep the snacks. I stash my backpack to myself. <laughs> I enjoy going to museums and eating alone. Oh my God, I could never, was the response of, of a family member. And when they said that, I felt sorry for them. I felt sorry that they didn't know the feeling of being comfortable with themselves when when the loved ones have gone home or their partner is not around. They didn't know how to just be. Right now, that's where I'm at. I have no problem going on dates and I would like to be in a long-term relationship. But for myself, I know I will never need to be in one to feel any more complete or like I've checked the box. That truthfully may not happen for me. There are days when I get in my feelings, but the love I cherish more than anything is out of my chosen family and best friends. These are the people that get me through. They understand that I'm alone, but I am not lonely. I hope someday we can make the switch and recognize there's power in being alone. The 
validity and power of platonic love for friends is transformative. And just as, if not more important than romantic love, is what gets us through when we feel lonely, when we have bad dates and breakups, and if we're lucky, they're by our side if and when we find the one. I have a confession. I'm alone. And I'm doing me. Yes. So I just have to say it's really neat hearing you read that last paragraph and then seeing where you're at right now in your relationship. And like just I don't know. It's very special to be a part of your life and to see the growth that you are going through. Yes. You like reading that. Um, it feels, it, uh, it makes me feel happy, um, because I feel like I found someone that, like, gets me and understands me, um, I'm in a new relationship for people (laughs) that don't know, um, but I still think, like, even that, I think at, like, the core of myself, and I, the one thing that I love about my boyfriend is how he told me one time, like, I know that I don't need you, but I love you and I want you in my life. And I think having someone tell me that, like, I think that's so beautiful. And I'm so thankful that like we both see each other that way that we want to be with each other like we don't need each other but like our lives are enhanced by each other's presence and you know I'm just really enjoying where I'm at and where I'll be. It's beautiful and I'm excited to see it all. Yes. Yes, I'm excited for y'all to see it too. It's, as you all know, it's been a journey. (laughs) (laughs) Journeys. It's been a journey. Yes, yes. But yeah, I agree with Cody. It's it's beautiful to see what's happened in a year, and also going back to the poem that we read from Lost. Just the idea that 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 you you worked through the things you needed to work through and then you entered this new situation with a fresh slate, like not not needing anything, but just really um, ready to experience things as they came and to enjoy it, but not, not relying upon it, which I think is a beautiful thing. Yeah, um, I think definitely now um, with the world that we're in too, <laughs> like, there is no guarantees for stuff there. It's really hard to plan. So he's definitely more like, let's be in the moment person. And I'm more of like a planner. So I think that has like evened us out a little bit, but it's also made me like, just really just be more present and uh, thankful and reflective about where I am. Absolutely. Thank y'all so much. Um, I really appreciated y'all reading um, and like just hearing some of your insights. 
Um, if y'all had any questions, I would love to hear them. Okay, yes. So my first one is that in, in the lost section in, in the poem, Intersections, you talk about how, how you feel that James Baldwin has paved the way for you in a lot of ways. And I was wondering what, who are other role models or artists that inspire you to write or just in your daily life that is that are sort of are on that same list? Yeah. Um, I would say, well, I think the biggest role model for me was my grandmother. Uh, growing up, like, in school, I struggled through kindergarten. Um, I was held back, and she really saw something in me uh, to really push myself. And, uh, you know, she helped me get she helped me get help um, and a tutor I worked with. Um, her name was Miss Albert and I worked with her for a summer straight and we just read and read and wrote and wrote. And like, I think just having someone really be there for me um, and really um, like want to see me succeed and know that I could do that has really helped me. And I think like ever since then, I've really loved re reading, I love writing. I feel like um, um, this may be shocking to people, but I was like pretty extroverted, I feel, up until like maybe like seven or eight. Um, and you know, I'm extroverted around people that I'm close with, right? But I think I think over time, you know, like I like shut that out and I'm I become more introverted. I think that's my nature, but I do have extroverted tendencies. I've I come to believe that we're all somewhere on the line. I know that wasn't your question, but um yeah, definitely my grandmother. Um, I think of, like, uh, a lot of musical artists, uh, there's an artist named Don Richard, uh, who originally from Diana Kane, that's a lot of people know her, but, like, she really is a prolific artist and songwriter, and, uh, she's an independent artist, so all of her visuals, all that, all of her music, she, like, she makes and pays for on her own, and that really, like, inspires me, um, in terms of, like, songwriting, again, uh, as you both know, <laughs> I love Taylor Swift, I just love her songwriting, um, I just really, uh, yes, um, Janet Mock, a queer trans black woman that's really like come such a long way, um, paved paved the way for people, and now she's like working on Pose. Um, James Baldwin, uh, whose work I didn't really get into until maybe later 
on in my college career, um, but very poignant, uh, black writer, black queer writer, right? Um, whose work really has been poignant for years. Um, and I think that's why young people really come back to, <laughs> to his work. Um, just because like what he says is so like um, raw and unapologetic and uh, just very tells the reality of uh, life for black folks in our country. So I guess those are just a couple. Beautiful. Let's see. Mm. And I guess I have one more question about the the lost section of the poem, another poem that we didn't read, but one called Raw and True. And there's a part in it, there's a line that I really like where you talk about the this process of building the capacity to love again. And I was just wondering, because I feel like that's a pretty universal experience. And like you said at the beginning, I feel like a lot of this, a lot of this book is about the universal experience of sort of getting hurt by either society or loved ones, or, uh, love interests, or even family members, and then sort of trying to like gather the pieces back up and trying to regroup and carrying on. And I was just wondering sort of like, yeah, what did, what did that look like for you in terms of the healing process and recovering process? Mm, I'm still healing. I'm still recovering. Um, you know, like, I think especially with family, um, it, I love them, and also it's, it's hard for me to see myself, um, like, being, being back to where, like, I, I was, from like going back there sometimes is stressful. I think that that goes said for anyone that goes back home. Like it brings up anxieties, it brings up stuff. And I think for me, I'm just in the process of finding out how, who I am now, how that meets with my family. And can my family meet me somewhere in the center? Um, I think some people can, I'm not sure about others. Um, in terms about past loves and stuff, like, you know, I think I've, I've processed that. It's taken time. Um, there's been times when I haven't processed anything and I've just moved on to things. But I think really um, <laughs> sometimes over the past, as I say in my book, like being in a new city, I've moved around quite a bit. Um, over the past couple of years, and I think specifically being in Chicago, a huge, huge city where um, you don't necessarily have to be with the same person, um, like, consistently, like, you don't really have to, like, you don't have to um, commit as easily, and I'm, I'm just using it as in for me, I feel like in bigger cities, it's easier just to like date around or have a friend's benefits and that's no shame to anyone. Like I think everyone should do what they want to do. Um, but for me, like I really 
feel like I've always been more relationship oriented. Um, and it was really hard for me. And I think just processing um, all that stuff, I think as I, as I try to convey in the book, like I was ready for that and uh, the person in my life um, that I was pursuing clearly was not. Um, and I think what I processed through uh, that relationship was there was her and it it was different than others because I didn't really feel angry. I was just like hurt by the situation. And I felt like uh, there was closure, which I've also learned like sometimes you don't need closure to move on. Like sometimes it's best to just let things slide. And I, especially in my younger 20s, I used to always want closure. And even with friendships, I would always want closure. But sometimes that doesn't happen. And sometimes it doesn't need to happen. Like sometimes you can just move on and let it be like that. Which in the case of that relationship, I kind of wish that that would have been what happened. I am so happy that he explained himself to me. Um, which I, I'm happy that he explained himself to me. Um, and I also recognize like, he was where I once was, and he's still processing his losses. Um, so we're all on like a journey and we're all processing things. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I feel like in your poem, Visitor, you make a good um, return to that theme also. Um, there's a like actually in the first paragraph, the last sentence says, forgiving others without seeking closure. Um, so I thought that was really neat to kind of see the connect between both the loss and the gain. Well, cause sometimes it's so hard and I'm gonna say that again, cause it's so, it's so hard. It's been hard for me as a person that yeah. I am like, I need closure to move on. I need to know why this, um, I don't know why I'm like that. Maybe I should process that with my therapist, but <laughs> I I really have had to tell myself like, it's okay, it's okay. And I think on the flip side, um, I also talk in the, about the loss of friendship in the book. And I think that was a turning point for me. I'm like, okay, like you see a friendship has changed you see this friend is not supporting you in the way that you're supporting them. Uh, and they cross a boundary and they know they cross the boundary and they do something called gaslighting um, and they make it seem like you are crazy or that it's your fault even though they did an action to hurt you. And um, that just wasn't okay with me. And I think especially because of the amount of time that we had been friends, um, this person had seen a lot of my journey, right? And I could also sense that he was hurting. Um, and it was my bad that I never like talked to him about it. I think there's also kind of a relationship where like we didn't, it wasn't as emotionally invested um, and speaking that out loud now. Uh, I can see why we did, we just went our own paths and because of the situation, 
where I felt hurt. Um, he had tried to reach out to me and I just, I didn't respond or reciprocate any type of response because I felt like for me, I've, I've, as I've said, I've been that person to reach out first. I've been that person to wait, um, see if the person changes, see if X, Y, and Z. And it's just like, it becomes a pattern of like, that's expected for me or people, um, people, it doesn't, people's behavior doesn't change. So I had to change my own. Um, and I was like, no, I don't really need closure. If, if, if it's hard, it's not like I was just like, oh, fuck you, I, I'm fine. No, I feel like I really grieved that loss, especially I had just moved here. So losing someone that I'd known for five, six years that knew the city that could have like, opened up a network of friends or something to me, losing all that, you know, um, that sucks. But also knowing like, I moved around, I've made friends before, I've persisted, I've been resilient um, and I'm here still. Yes. I feel like I'm in a much po more positive space. Um, I'm still working on building connections and stuff, but I feel like I'm in a much more positive space now. That's fabulous. Yes. Yeah. Nate, did you have any more questions? Hmm. I guess I just had one more general question and Don, and you already kind of touched on it. And yeah, Cody and I have, Cody and I have sort of said how we, how sort of we're able to view things after the course of a year but but so this book is turning one year old since you published it so how do you feel reading this a book that this book sort of a year later and be like okay like how do you feel reading it back yeah well first it was really cool to hear y'all read it like I just really like hearing it from other people's voices um because like I feel your own feelings in it, if that makes sense, that may or may not uh, resonate with me. Like I feel like you're feeling it in your own way, which I think is really cool. And I think for me coming up on a year of it, like I'm just like so proud of it in a way that I was definitely proud of my first one because that was my first book, but I feel like just like this one, both of them happened organically, but I felt like this one was just like a natural progression of where I am now. Whereas like the other one was more talking about my past experiences. Um, and it kind of did lead up to where I was at a certain point, but I think this um, is more straightforward in like the storyline that I wanted to tell, um, especially with like uh, people don't, I think people think of loss as like the loss of like a family member, but there are different types of losses. And I'm like really fascinated. I was really fascinated with like exploring that. Mm -hmm. um, Cause like there's loss of self and there's loss of friendship, um, loss of security, <laughs> loss of, um, loss of wanting 
certain things and realizing you may not have the that um yeah it was just really something that i wanted to explore yeah you did a beautiful job thank you thank you all i like that um i like how you said that you can sort of feel how we're uh connecting to the poem um because I mean, like, that is a really good point. Um, you know, we each experience your art in a different way. Um, and in the reverse, it's special for us to hear you speak it as well, because then we better understand what it means to you. Right. Thank you for that. Yeah, I, I had a reading, like a virtual reading earlier this year and I was so nervous for it um but I I was just like appreciative of like because uh we were on lockdown at the time uh like not being able to physically be with folks was tough but um so I was like are people still going to be able to feel what I'm like speaking about like are my feelings and emotions gonna get across? And I think like that's the power of um, of like any type of writing. Um, like you can get your feelings across, especially if I, I feel a lot of the things that I talk about are universal. Um, some things are specific, but I mean, we all feel these types of feelings. And, I think especially, again, I keep talking about now, but I think it's very poignant with, uh, we're all at a sort of loss um, with people in our lives, with kind of thinking of all of our plans that maybe we had that didn't work out. I know there were a lot of concerts <laughs> I wanted to go to that didn't work out, but it's like, doing the best we can with like what we're given and uh that's kind of what i've been telling myself is like doing the best i can so i guess my last question for you then would be overall over the past year how would you say that you have grown from where you were when you wrote this book? I think that I've grown in a sense that now I'm in therapy. <laughs> uh, I wasn't, um, I think, before publishing was. Um, so I think therapy, everyone should go to therapy, um, everyone should feel affirmed, all that good stuff. I think also just recognizing that, like, my queer community, my queer family, I know y'all are, like, all over the country right now, but I'm so thankful for y'all. Um, because I'm still trying to find my own community here in Chicago. It's hard as an adult. And I think that's, uh, that's also what I've learned is like, 
finding like a genuine real friendship as an adult is hard because we all have a limited amount of time, <laughs> which is very important. We can't get that back. And I think as we get older, we want qual- quality over quantity of friends. Um, and you know, I think uh, some people have their friend circles, uh, may not really want to have new friends. Um, I think I also need to push myself a little bit more, which again, I was starting to, and then um, the pandemic hit, you know? So there was a bunch of things that I was working towards that are halted, but I think in a way it's good because I'm focusing on like work and I'm in grad school. So these are things that I can work towards slowly and steadily. And then once I'm done with school, continue on. Um, and I think as far as like the biggest thing is just with um, like my my uh, love life is just even <laughs> the just just even the past couple months like I can't imagine like going through the situation like without him um, having him as my support system and really l- learning more about myself, learning about communication. I thought I was good about about c- c- communication until I met him and how he's opened up a lot of doors for me to learn. And I think we learn from each other. And yeah, so like being outdoors a lot, which I love because I think being outside is good and important when we can do it safely. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Yes. Yes. Well, even from a distance, I am very honored to be a part of that journey. Same, same. Thank y'all. I'm so honored to be a part of y'all's too. Thank you. Yes. Well, thank you both so much. Um, I love y'all. And I appreciate y'all. Um, you can buy this on Amazon, y'all. So go out there, purchase it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, thank y'all so much. Um, I will talk with y'all soon. Hey, folks. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Endless in Between underscore podcast and on Twitter at Jono James 4. Until next time, bye!